Did I get you anything before we get started? I'm good. Thanks. Look at you, you're fidgeting. <laughs> you have uh, you have a lot of uh, you have lipstick on your hand. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna ask. Don't, don't 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 tell me. I don't want to know. I have my own thing going on. And um, so here's the way this works, man. We are going to learn all about you, Mandylicious. Okay. And um, and what we're here for, you know, we're here, um, you know, I'll tell you what, man, we have thousands, um, and I never thought it'd grow this fast. We have thousands of teachers that have been uh, downloading this and listening to it in their cars on the way to work, and they find out about people and um, their experiences when they were a kid in school. So we're going to talk about you, and because um, I don't know much, but I know that you moved around a lot. It's true, I did. And we're going to talk about all that, and um, and we'll talk about different schools you went to and different teachers that we see if we can conjure up some images and some emotion about what they were for you, good or bad. And um, and now that you're a mom and what kids, what what their experience, your kids, what your kids' experiences are, and what your experiences are now with teachers. Now that you're on the other side as a parent. And we'll talk about all that recipe of all those ingredients that help you become you and um, and, and what you have going on with your business. And we're, we're going to talk about health and fitness and nutrition and all of that. And man, we're going to get to some bottom of some stuff. That's a lot. I should have brought a lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I got, I got enough for you. And then, so here, and then so here's the only thing that we ask of you, um, just like everyone, is um, complete and total honesty cool no problem authenticity you got it all right That's all i am awesome all right mandy trichelle are you we have mandy trichelle in the house oh very nice here we go julio you ready let's do this thing brother it is official here we go it's been a few days since we've done one of these you ready i'm ready there it is mandy trichelle in the house for the teach like a rock star podcast we have a, got a lot of stuff to cover, young lady. Okay, We've it. got it all. We've got you and your life and your kids and education and teachers, health, nutrition, fitness, your business, all that you have going on. And um, man, it's, it's, it's going to be some good stuff. And so uh, before we get started, we have some shows coming up. We have Teaching a Rockstar in San Antonio, February 21st. And then, that's a Thursday, and then on that following Wednesday, uh, Monday on the 25th, February 21st, 5th, we are here in Houston, and then, um, and you know what, I'll tell you what, we're heading up the road uh, tomorrow. We travel, we travel to the metropolis of Valiant, Oklahoma, our neighbors to the north. Very exciting. All right, so Mandy, welcome. Thanks, Thanks. for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you are um, by far one of the more interesting people that I've met in my rounds uh, here in Houston. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and that's why I asked you to come in, because not only are you interesting, but I think um, what we're going to find out today is that you have had uh, a, a timeline from uh, you through childhood and all through adolescence and into your young adulthood. And now that you're approaching middle age, that there's going to be some interesting things that we'll discover that has um, led you to become who you are and all that you had to offer to the world. So I'm glad you came in. So let's get started with this thing. First of all, you are you t- today professionally, you are uh, you are a trainer, personal trainer. That's what I do. 
Yep. It is what you do. And more than that, it's who you are. It, it's, it's part of who I am. Exactly. Yeah. And so now uh, tell us about that because, you know, that is an interesting business because, you know, people come into the um, gym and... Uh, and I boss them around. <laughs> That's pretty much what I do. They pay you for it. Yes. All right. Bring on the pain and they pay. They do. And um, now, now this has always been an interesting concept because, you know, I, 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 this is real. I mean, the boom really happened was about 15 years ago, I think, is when that whole personal training thing took off. When somebody recognized that people come into the gym and they really don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. And I mean, it's really kind of, if you've never been, it's kind of an intimidating thing. Sure. It's different. I mean, if you went to high school and you're on football or wrestling or whatever you think, and, you, and they had the weight room there and you it just kind of, and then you go to the Y when you're growing up and then you college and there's, you know, but for some people, when the, when they turn 30 and they realize, wow, I've been gaining seven pounds a year for the last 10 years. I need to do something. And they show up at the gym and they walk in and it is like crazy intimidating. It's a little scary. It was a little scary for me. I'm not someone who knew even knew what the inside of a gym looked like before I became a personal trainer. So um, I can, I mean, I, I think one of my gifts is that I can really relate to people who walk in and they have no idea where to start, what yeah. to do. Um, I only walked into a gym for the first time in my life when I was 29. Really? So, mm -hmm. Now, I've seen some before pictures of you. Yeah. Post? I, th I, I thought that I had burned all those. <laughs> <way. laughs> I saw one on the Facebook. Uh, oh, there's that one. Have you heard of Facebook? I know of, of Facebook. I okay, do. Yeah. yeah. And so there's one on there, and then I saw, and it, it, is, it is a dramatic difference between then and now. Yes. Now, I'm sure that was probably post um, maybe recent uh, pregnancy and birth. Sure. It and... was about year, a year. The one you're speaking of is about a year um, post my third child. Uh -huh. Yeah. You have three babies. I have three. They're not babies anymore, though. <laughs> no. No. In fact, I saw one of them also on Facebook, like a photo shoot, Timely's photo shoot. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. My 14-year-old daughter. Yep. That is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. She's growing up. They yeah. do that. All right. So at 29, mm -hmm. talk to me about where you, where you are in your life then in terms of health and nutrition and the shape you're in. And, and because, I mean, there had to be like a turning point where you had to think to yourself, you know, I, I want something different. How do I do it? Yeah, I was, you know, like I said, it had been about a year and a half or so after my youngest was born, and uh, and I was 50 pounds overweight, and I had never exercised in my life. I was sedentary my whole life. I was the kind of kid that failed PE when I was in school. <laughs> that old Presidential Physical Fitness it, Award? I, I didn't do well with that. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Right. I joke all the time that I was, you know, the first one hit with the dodgeball and the last one picked for kickball. Right. Um, but I really wanted to, I really wanted to get the weight off and, you know, I wanted to feel better. I wanted to be able to keep up with my kids and I was recently divorced. I wanted to look good too. Yeah. Um, so, um, I started doing a, a kickboxing class at urban jungle here in the Heights and it was really challenging, but I just, you know, I just had the focus. I decided to do it. And the more I did it, the more I got interested in how it was happening. So I was doing it. I was exercising, getting stronger. You know, the weight was starting to come off. I started adding the nutrition part because I was interested in it myself. I didn't have like a single person telling me what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat, but I was doing a lot of reading. You know, we, we have the internet. We have a lot of access to information. Sure. So um, the, more, the more I got interested in it, weight started coming off people started asking me how are you doing this 
And the more they asked, the more I learned so I could answer their questions better. And you told them exercise and nutrition. People hate that answer. They, they don't. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely want it to be a lot easier. Right. What? Working out and you eat what? Yeah. It's so interesting, though, because I don't think it's necessarily any more difficult or challenging than, you know, all of the other ways that they say you can do it. Surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, pills. I mean, all of all of that's difficult. You know, yeah. it all comes with a price. So why not do the right thing? Yeah. You know? So for you, though, you just decided and did it and it worked. Because, and that's not true for everybody, because like this is a real head game for some people. Because, I mean, every, I mean, here's the thing. Everybody knows what to do. And when, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, everybody knows, well, you know, I have to work out and I should probably raise the intensity level when I work out. And I need to eat really healthy foods. Mm-hmm. And, and, and most people have a pretty good idea of what that probably is. Sure. You'd be surprised how many people really, really don't. Though. Right, or or sabotage them so because they don't think they don't really understand that well, what's really in the salad dressing. They sure. think the salad's great, but then they but then they the whole thing goes downhill right. with the dressing. So so yeah, but so so but some but 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 people, a lot of people can figure that out that what to do, and 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 they have a why like why they want to do it, and they even kind of have this how they're going to do it, but something doesn't click in the head for a lot of people where they just can't do it. Well, but for you, it kind of happened. What, 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 do you, what do you think that's about? You have to you you have to get comfortable with the fact that it's a process, and it took. I mean, it wasn't quick. You know, it took me two years to lose those fifty pounds. But I, for me, I just it, it became more. I mean, I wanted to look great, but it became more about like I, I really wanted to be stronger. I was I was interested in being stronger and faster and being able to do more. So that, I think that when you get to a point where those things become as important as looking better, I think that makes a huge difference. Sure. Tell me your, because when you say two years, you know, 50 pounds, Mm -hmm. a couple pounds a month. Yeah. And, um, well, there were times when, you know, I might, I might take off, you know, 10 pounds in a month, but then then I backslid. Right. And then I might, you know. It sounds d- like we're talking about a heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> but I was back on it. I was back I on it. I was back on the juice. Yeah. I was back on it. Uh, sugar has always been my, my, my big weakness. And I uh-huh. still struggle with it, you know. But, um, but you, you said something. Actually, your wife told me something that you said uh-huh. um, a long time ago. And I use it with my clients all the time. And it's that, um, you know. If you <clears throat> fall off the wagon and then you just decide to say, screw it, <laughs> right. it's like getting a flat, pulling over and popping the other three tires. Right, right. Love that. <laughs> I love that. But, you know, even though I didn't have the metaphor, that was kind of my attitude for the first couple of years. I'd fall off the wagon and I'd jump back on. Sure. I'd fall off the wagon and I'd jump back on. I still fall off the wagon. I still do it. But, you know, it's never to, it's never to the vast degree that it was before. And I always get back on. So for for, uh, for for those 50 pounds, do you, let me ask your opinion about shows like The Biggest Loser, where they'll have, you know, I mean, every week, some of these people are dropping 12, 13, 14, 17, 21 pounds in a week, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they have the chef there, they have around-the-clock training, and they, but but do you think that it, for, for your clients, and not, you, I don't know if this comes up, but for people, do you find that that's like a motivator, or is that just frustrating, like, oh, I'm working so hard, and... It's taking me a month to lose two pounds and they're doing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it can be very frustrating. Um, 
I do, I do have some clients that we discuss it. We have to have a lot of discussion. You know, we talk about it constantly. We do check-ins, you know, and, um, one thing I try to encourage them to do is to stay off of the scale. Just don't get on it. Just, just don't do it. Like we'll, we'll get on the scale, but we'll do it every six weeks or eight weeks. We're not going to get on the scale every day. I want you to pay attention to how you feel. How are your clothes fitting Mm -hmm. is a big one. And if I can just like, if I can just get people to stay off that scale, they're going to feel a lot better about their progress. Yeah. I agree. And, and, you know, and I think, you know, when that's probably the third thing, you know, in, in, in my list that I've discovered when you're just talking with people, you know, at the gym or whatever, in terms of health and nutrition and fitness that, that I think people are really confused about is, is body weight. And, and, but, but, but what the consistency of that weight is between fat and muscle, muscle. and they don't, they, they, they really don't understand that, that you should, you know, if, if you're dropping mm-hmm. body fat, and gaining muscle, you might gain some weight. You might, you might, you might not lose. You any might weight. stay at the same weight. Yeah, for, right. Exactly. For you know a considerable amount of time, and you actually might gain weight. But again, you know, how do you feel? You know, are you able to fit into some jeans that you haven't been able to fit into in a long time? Right. Um, how do you look when you look in the mirror? Those are those things are far more important. Body fat percentage, you know, is something that I try to focus on with my clients. Not so much on your weight. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Everything's a percentage, man. You know, and then and then also, you know, I know, you know, for me, I I, I work with Keith Klein as my he helps me with my nutrition and mm-hmm. stuff, and it's all about. I mean, it's measuring, you know, and then the aesthetics that you can create with it with proportion and you know the width of shoulders versus waist, and and it's all pinching and measuring, and and you know that that component of the body weight is just one factor of all the variables mm-hmm. you know absolutely so so you so you mentioned sugar let's let's talk about that for a second so that's my favorite things. yeah your kryptonite man <laughs> it is. and so um so you know i hear this thing you know like like if you go to the bookstore not not that there's bookstores anymore but if there were bookstores left and if you could go to one i know one yeah i know me too then and <laughs> is, won't tell anybody <laughs> i don't think anybody knows <laughs> and um well if, if you were to go uh to the uh health health section and diet section there are shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves full of uh books on how you're supposed to eat and your body type and your blood type and this and that and so and sugar has a, has a whole two two or three shelves alone you know breaking the sugar addiction and all that mm-hmm. so so like is that like a real thing i mean like like the the is it possible like physiologically to be addicted to sugar is that just kind of a mental thing what, what do you well, i mean you know that's debatable. Um, people say, I mean, it, is it habit forming or is it actually chemically addictive? It's debatable. Right. Um, I can tell you that I personally feel when I'm, when I'm at my worst with it, I feel addicted to it. I genuinely feel like I just have to have it. And it will take two or three days of not having it to not have that intense craving that you know, I just absolutely must have my sugar. Really? Yeah. So I don't get that. But <laughs> well, for some people, it's like uh, it's salt. You know, some people have their their weaknesses salt, oh, and yeah. um, and I've heard I've heard those people, my clients, say the same thing. Um, you know, for them, it's chips, it's potato chips and tortilla chips and um, anything that's salty. Right. Um, for me, it's it's the sugar. Yeah. And for a lot of people. For sure. That's what it is. 
You know, for me, I, you know, I think, you know, when, when I, 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 you know, I was growing up, I had tons of uh, food allergies mm. and, um, you know, you know, a lot of people know about the peanut one, you know, I'm, I'm the peanut guy. I can't have the peanuts. But in addition to that, when I was growing up, you know, there was no dairy. So no eggs, no cheese, no milk. So I never had cake and cookies and, you know, and so maybe, you know, uh, I, you know, some part of me thinks because I don't. You know, I didn't grow up with a lot of that. It wasn't ingrained in you. It wasn't, when you were young. It, and it really wasn't even part of my emotional conditioning. Where like when people celebrate, man, they want to have a cake and they want to have, yeah. You know, well for me, I don't really think about like that. You know. Yeah, I, I grew up having fruity pebbles for breakfast and chocolate milk at lunch and little Debbie snacks after school yeah. and you know and then after a really incredibly unhealthy dinner most of the time, um, you know more little Debbie snacks for dessert yeah. or, or whatever my mom made. There was a lot of sugar in our diet when I was a kid. It was bad. <laughs> you know what I was having for, for breakfast? My mom, would, she, she, she'd make me this little pot of tea. And, and <laughs> I'm not kidding. And she, and, and have my little, like this little personal um, pot of tea with this, with this red uh, rubber uh, thing, you know, so to keep your hand so you can pour it in this glass, you know, thing. And then, and then I also had, she would uh, cook up some, uh, like some uh, steaks, some little sirloin cubes for me. So she sizzle them up in a pan. I'm not kidding. And, <laughs> and like, I would open up my lunch at, at you know, I, I, and, and sometimes I'll have a shrimp cocktail in there. You have got to be. <laughs> I'm not kidding at all. <laughs> we had a very different experience. Very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so uh, so 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 the sugar thing. You know, p- you know, people talk about like that. The, the, they have a. I just don't. You know, I've never felt. I mean, I don't. I like a nice piece of cherry rhubarb pie. Don't get me wrong, but it's like I've never felt this ridiculous physiological. Well, that's fantastic, and you know, I think it says an awful lot about how. Um, we should be raising our kids with food, what we should be feeding our children. You know, those of us who grew up eating poorly, we will continue to struggle with that throughout our lives. And if you grow up eating healthy, chances are you're not going to have that kind of struggle. Yeah. And affects, especially the sugar thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, like for, it's a, isn't it wild? Like the, like when your kid gets a hole, like you say, okay, let's all go for ice cream. And it's like seven 30 or eight o'clock at night. And it's like kitty crack. I uh, mean, oh. they, they're just <laughs> yeah. out of control. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're thinking I mean, it's a drug. motherly thoughts at that point. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, it's a drug, man. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's, yeah. you know, it, it's like this cafe. It's like they all drink monster drinks or whatever that stuff mm-hmm. is. No, no, no. All right, so um, so you at twenty nine uh, flipped the switch, yeah, and you just decide you're on a whole new path, mm-hmm. and you're kickboxing at the urban jungle. And how do you make? And at what point do you think you know what this might be a profession? Um, I had someone suggest it to me at Urban Jungle. Um, her name is Michelle. She and her husband own the place. She and I had been talking about it, uh, about just how into the workouts I had gotten. And she's like, well, you know, maybe you should consider getting the PFIT certification. And I kind of mulled it over. And there, I was also going through this, um, I was kind of going through this really transitional time. Like I was, after being a stay-at-home mom for seven years, I was back to working. Mm-hmm. And I was bartending. And that was not working for my schedule for being a mother. So I was also looking for something that I could do for a living that would allow me more time with my kids and to be a better mom. So, you know, I was like, you know what, here's, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. So I signed up for the PFIT course 
And I was just very driven to do it. I wanted it. I wanted it. Sometimes a, a, a switch just flips in us like that. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I got my certification, I started taking on whoever would be my client. Sometimes I trained them for free. Sometimes I trained them for very little money. But for about, it only took about two years of bartending and training at the same time before mm-hmm. I was able to finally give up my last bartending shift and, and go to training full time. Right. So. And so you're trained, you're the, the, the folks that you're training now, cause I, you know, I, I see at the gym with your clients and these have become part of your friends, groups of friends oh, and sure. family and, and, um, because you get to know them, you know, for, I mean, for some of pe- for some people, this is like their deepest emotional thing they're trying mm-hmm. to overcome. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's the running joke that we're more therapists than trainer. <laughs> right. Yeah. And in a lot of ways we are. Um, but I feel very connected to my clients. Um, and I don't take, I don't take lightly what I'm doing with them. It's not, um, they're not just customers to me. They're, 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 they're very special people and most of them are very much my friends. Yeah. All right, let's go, let's, let's overcome some of the objections to, um, fitness and working out, exercising, cooking, carrying, I weigh my food, I pack my food, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. So, um, because we have a lot of educators, um, that, um, you know, man, it's, it is, it is tough. We're there early. We stay late. We, um, and then, you know, you come home and you parent and you don't, and then we have, you know, you continue working, you're grading papers, preparing for the next day after you put the kids to bed. So the first one is the time. Mm -hmm. I just don't have the time. Well, I'm a firm believer that we have time for what's important to us. And it just has to be that important to you. Like we, we all have our priorities and, um, and then we have our frivolities and if something's important enough to you, you'll, you'll give up a frivolity to make it a priority. Um, it's, it's really that simple. Sure. And it's hard to, it's hard to tell somebody make this a priority. The timing has to be right. Right. At some point it will be. And when it is, you'll do it. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, for me, I think it's a combination when, as, as I've talked to people about it, it, you know, it's, it's a combination of what they think they're doing with their time versus what they're really doing with their time and money and money. Mm-hmm. And then also the why they really haven't sat down and come up with a big enough why they want to be healthier. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, and, 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 you know, I mean, the, and, and the first one, as far as priorities, you know, you know, like I love, I love American Idol. Like, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. Um, but if it came down to it, you know, like if I really sat down and thought to myself, which, which would I really love more being in shape or, and healthy or American Idol, of course, like if I really analyze it and thought about it, obviously I'd pick health and longevity. <laughs> Well, sure. <laughs> you know, over American Idol, but you know, but 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 that's for me. That's what it takes is to sit down and decide. Okay, what is important today, right now, for me? Yeah. And and I have to give it. And then and then the and so it's it's that combination of priorities, and um and 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 the why, like like what deep down inside, you know, deep, you, you know, do you really want? I think it's really easy for people to just get caught up in life. Yeah. Um, and especially people who. I mean, teachers are a really good example. They, they're not just working when they're working. Right. They're always working. And then if you throw family into the mix, it's that much more challenging. 
Um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I talk to my clients who have really busy schedules, especially people who are at computers or they're sitting a lot, um, or, you know, even, even people who are not necessarily busy, but they are spending time in front of the TV. And I'm like, there's always an opportunity to multitask. You can exercise and do something else at the same time. You know, say you can't go out and get a trainer. You don't have, you don't have that block of time to go get ready for the gym, go to the gym, have the workout, shower. Maybe you don't have time for all that, but something is always better than nothing, no matter how small it is. And if you love to watch American Idol, if that's your thing and you don't want to give that up, well, exercise while you watch American Idol, you know, right. do your squats and your push-ups and your jumping jacks. Just do something in your living room while it's going on. There's always an opportunity to get some exercise in. It's always there. Yeah. All right. So that is one. Here's the other one is um, the food part. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I don't have, uh, you know, I just, I just don't have time to uh, cook my food and take it with me in, in my breakfast. I don't have time and I'll just stop on the way and my lunch, I'll just buy it at school and I just, and then, and then I'll cook dinner. Well, the interesting thing is there are, there are healthy options almost everywhere you go these days. Yeah. I mean, if you have to stop and you have to, if you have to stop at McDonald's on the way to work, if that's what you have to do, McNuggets are healthy. McNuggets are not healthy. Oh, darn it. <laughs> Sorry. This is disappointing. But McDonald's now has oatmeal, yeah. you know, and they have salads and you can say that about any other fast food restaurant, any grocery store, instead of stopping at McDonald's, stop at Kroger or Randall's or whatever, stop at the grocery store and they have salads already packed to go, right. even with grilled chicken on them. And I, I totally understand. I'm a single mother of three. I'm self-employed. Um, I co-direct a nonprofit. I'm really, really busy. And I do a lot of convenience foods, even for my kids. But they're healthy convenience foods. It's yeah. totally possible to live that way, to, to have to be on the go and pick things up and still eat healthy. Sure. We, we, it's not 1980. You know, there's, it's not that you walk out the door and there's nothing but cheeseburgers out there to be had. There's plenty of options. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, when, when, you know, I'll, you know, I'll ask people, well, are you cooking dinner? And I'll say, yeah. I'll say, well, there you go. Just cook three times as much. That's, and there's that too. That's a, that's actually a great point. I mean, if you're already cooking, it doesn't, if you're cooking, you know, four chicken breasts, it takes the same amount of time to cook 14. 12, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> chop them up, put them in a bag and take them the next day. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, so we have, uh, the food and we have time and then, um, tell, now tell me some other, I think the other one is I just don't know what to do. Like, I don't know where to start. I'm overwhelmed by the whole idea. And, and I, I think it's just like anything, you know, where like, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, the, 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 the metaphor, the analogy that I use, you know, I would say, you know, if, you know, if a pizza, uh, you know, you know, if you ordered a pizza and a pizza came to the door, and you open it up to go eat the pizza and you realize it hasn't yet been sliced. Mm -hmm. It's still this huge pizza. Well, well, what would you do? Would you pick up and try to eat that? No, I'd get some scissors or a knife and cut that thing up. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we have to cut it. Like what's something small at somebody? Because if you think about I've got 50 pounds to lose or I've got 30 pounds to lose. And that's, that's like a huge, that's like a monumental undertaking. I mean, like where do I start? Well... I think that um, a great place to start is 
even if you know you're not going to be able to commit time to go see a trainer twice a week, three times a week, whatever, just call the gym that's closest to your house and say, here's, here's my situation. I'm not going to have time for all this, but I want to meet with a trainer once and I want them to give me some ideas and tell me where to start. I've done that for a number of clients and I've done things like, um, I've set it up so that I email them workouts. You know, there's, there's something you can do and that'll at least, you know, get you moving. It's, it's a small step. Um, you know, there's also a lot of information online. Yeah get on Google, find out, um, you know, I mean, you can get a videotape, you can get a book, you can watch some YouTube videos, but I mean, I'm a big fan. Get some professional advice. Yeah, for sure. It's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Because I mean, what we're talking about, you know, I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's pretty simple. Yeah. I think that's a great way of putting it. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be nearly as complicated as people think it is. No, Mm -mm. not at all. And, um, and, uh, and I think if, um, you know, if, if, if people can, can just, you know, take that first step, like you say, you know, call a gym, Hey, give me somebody. And most of them will give you a free or one or two or even three. I know some gyms you, you get like five sessions, mm-hmm. you know, just for signing up. Well, there you go. There's five routines you can do. Sure. You know, mix in some cardio and you're good to go. And yeah. And these some, days we have like Groupon and yeah, all, exactly. that, all that sort of thing. Like just jump on it. Just, just start somewhere. Just right. take, just jump in. That's all I got to do. All right. So here's the other thing. And so that might be for the exercise. Now, how about nutritionally? You know, um, and like we talked about at the very beginning is people have, um, it, I mean, it's so confusing. Like there's thousands of books, mm-hmm. thousands and everything from like the paleo thing to the vegan thing mm-hmm. to, the, I mean, it's, I mean, just uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. And then, um, you know, so I mean, like, where, where do, do, do you know of a good resource, a good basic fundamental, um, some materials or something where, where people can go and get some good information? Uh, I could tell you, you know, what I, like my, my preference for, yeah. um, for dietary advice. I, and here's the thing we all know. You get there as many people there are. That's how many. There are different ways to <laughs> exactly. Do it. I'll just say this before I give you know uh, any kind of any any reference in particular. Um, really, any of those will work if it's different than what you've already been doing. You can just pick. You can like close your eyes, go to the bookshelf, put your finger out, right. find one, and it will work if it's different than what you've been doing. Right. So. You know, don't um, don't think that you have to absolutely 100 percent make this, you know, definitive call on this is the diet for me. Yeah. A lot of it's just common sense. My you know, my thing is if you just want the, the simplest advice ever, cut your calories and eat whole foods. You know, don't eat processed foods and cut your calories. It's really, really simple. Vegetables, lean meats, fruits nuts, seeds, um, whole grains. And there you have it, lower calories. Um, I think personally that, uh, we consume way too many carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need, we don't need all the bread, the pasta, the bagels, the, um, the tortillas. Like we just consume so many carbs. And when you cut, when you cut at least half of those out, you're going to start dropping weight. It's really unnecessary calories. Um, protein is really important. I personally, 
I'm pescatarian. I haven't eaten, um, I haven't even eaten meat and meat, red meat or pork or chicken. That's a Presbyterian? That's a Presbyterian. <laughs> <laughs> Since I was uh, 20 years or so. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think that that's necessarily the right way for everybody to eat. I advise my clients all the time to have lean proteins like lean beef and chicken and whatnot in their diets. Yeah. Um, that might be what fits their lifestyle better. So um, all that said, I genuinely think paleo is the way to go. Yeah. So you like it. I like it. I think it works. I think yeah. it's a healthy way to live, you yeah. know, unprocessed foods, um, lots of vegetables, mm-hmm. lean proteins. You really can't go wrong with it. Right. And then, um, and so people that are, that are interested in, in having some carbs in their diet, what would you recommend? Well, so sweet potatoes, you like the whole foods, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, sweet potatoes are great. New potatoes are mm-hmm. really good. Um, you know, nuts, seeds are, you know, nice and carby quinoa. I've, I'm a big fan of the quinoa. Oh, I yeah. think it's delicious. Underrated. Totally underrated. Even my kids who've been eating healthy their whole life, they're like, oh, I want quinoa, mom. <laughs> <laughs> the quinoa is good. It Have is. some quinoa. And it's full of protein too. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of anything that has flour in it. I just don't think we need it. For sure. Yeah. And I think people really underestimate how many, you know, if you're eating whole foods, mm-hmm. you know, how many, um, how, you know, and let's say, you know, like for me, I try to put in about, I try to shovel in about 3000 ish calories a day, mm-hmm. but that is a huge amount of food when it's clean. Like if you're eating totally. steamed broccoli and, and clean rice or sweet potatoes and mm-hmm. lean chicken, that is, that's mountains of food all day long. But you know what? I could do the same thing in one meal. Oh, sure. Over at McDonald's fast sure. within 12 minutes. Yeah. I mean, you can have a donut or you can have a big plate of chicken breast and broccoli and red bell pepper and quinoa. Yeah. And you have the same amount of calories there. Right, so. right, right. All right. Good. All right, let's back it track. Let's 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 backtrack all the way back to Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. All right. So you're so you're growing up and um you mentioned that you moved around and I want I want to ask you first of all, um you moved around no um how come you moved around so much? My mom's husband, my stepfather worked for Brown and Root. Mm-hmm. So we just we moved wherever the jobs were. He would work, the job would be over and we'd move again. All right. So was he some sort of a project manager? Or he was a welder. Welder. There you mm-hmm. go. And so, um, and so, if you had to guesstimate how many schools you went to in your K through twelve, by the time I graduated from high school, I, I had probably been to about thirty different thirty schools. schools. Yeah. Yeah. We typically moved about every three months. Um, Occasionally we'd be somewhere a little bit shorter and, and occasionally we'd be somewhere a little bit longer, six months or maybe even nine months. Um, There were a couple of times where we lived somewhere like a whole year, you know, but most of the time we, it was very short. All right. And so because of that, you know, and I've, I've, I've had those kids, lots of them have come through my classroom 
and typically they're one extreme or the other one they have they just really kind of shut down with building relationships they're not in you know they because they know they're out of here mm-hmm. and they maybe they've felt some pain in the past where they've they developed some you know great friendships with teachers and kids and and they and it was so painful they just didn't do it again or they um, were really good you know they're the other I mean they came into the classroom and they immediately kind of connected with everybody and they, and they were gone a few months later but while we had them and while they were there they kind of made the best of it were, were were you and either one of those when I was a kid I was extremely shy um, and didn't I didn't make good friends or very many friends um, I would always connect with at least one person no matter where we lived but um, but I learned pretty quickly not to not to get too close to people in my adulthood though I think I think that has served me well because I I'm able to relate to just about anyone yeah and and I've realized where I didn't have much of a chance to as a kid I just kind of thought that I was shy and I didn't realize that was a product of my of the the process that I was going through the environment that I was in I now understand that I'm I'm an extremely social person and that I love being around people and um I'm I you know I'm grateful for the experience just because like I said it, I'm I'm able to relate to so many different kinds of people and um and and get along you know yeah. just kind of fold in How did you do academically? Oh, fine. Yeah. I did really well. Um <clears throat> it's interesting I think I grew I grew up in the South, so I lived in every Southern state from New Mexico to the East Coast, and um, and I think I think it's fairly common knowledge that Southern schools um, they 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 have uh, what how do I say it they are um, they're just not as great as schools in the North like the educational system especially in Louisiana Mississippi Alabama it's mm-hmm. not so great. So sometimes I would, we would come from larger towns where the schools were a little bit better to smaller towns where they weren't so great. And so if I had been way ahead in the curriculum and then we'd move to a smaller town where they were way behind, that would put me ahead. Um, but then it wouldn't be so challenging to catch up if we, sure. if we went to a, a better school. Yeah, and then did you have the same experience with with uh, friendships among students as well as teachers? Did you do now 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 were you able to connect with teachers, or or did you, you kind of? Uh... There were a few teachers, definitely a few teachers, and um, when when I was growing up, that I really connected with and loved very very deeply, and still think about them to this day. There were a couple of teachers that I consider like the monsters of my past, uh-huh. of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, specifically in seventh grade, I had a teacher named Miss Betty White. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, but we called her Miss Betty and she was really, um, kind and open and encouraging. And I mean, all of the students loved her. So I'll, I'll always have a really special place for her. And most of my English teachers I got along with really well and really, um, felt connected yeah. to them. What, what do you think it was about her specifically? It was it how she treated you, the way she taught, was she gestured? What was it? Uh, she was interested. Oh. She was genuinely interested. She, it wasn't, I mean, we definitely learned things from her, but it wasn't necessarily the way that she taught information. 
Um, it was that she was genuinely interested in who we were, what was going on in our lives, you know, whether we were happy or sad, um, you know, who, who are we talking to? And she just, she wanted to know about us. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, and then who else? You said it was Betty White and there's another one. There was my senior English teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, she was, she was really, uh, old. She was probably 70 when she was teaching, but she was amazing because she didn't treat us like children. You know, she, I mean, we were high school seniors. Right. Um, she very much encouraged us to, um, even <laughs> whenever we were writing, even explore our sexuality in our writing, you know, and that's not very common in, no. a, in a, in a senior high school. <laughs> in English the South. Yeah. Right. In this, and this was in, this was, um, Clear Creek high school down in League city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great but, school in them, uh, by the way. Yeah. You know, um, I was there for most of my senior year and, and I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so she was, she just treated us like adults and we all, I mean, you know, when you're 17, you really appreciate it when adults treat you like an adult. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then you, I want to also explore a little bit. You mentioned um, some teachers that maybe didn't have such a positive impact. Oh yeah. There's one. I'll never forget her. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't have to mention any names here. Yeah. She, um, she was my third grade teacher. Give it, so we have a th year and, gi and give us a state. Um, hold on. I have to think about that. For Not a that second. it matters. But yeah. I want to say this was, I think this was Mississippi. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, she. Is it now, is that her name or is that the state? That would be the state. <laughs> That'd be great then. It would be Miss Mississippi would be right. awesome. <laughs> right. I would love that. Uh, I, I've always struggled with being messy, disorganized. Uh -huh. And um, when I was eight years old was no exception. I had a very, very messy desk and she made me stay after school uh, to clean up my desk one day. And I have an, a really distinct memory of cleaning out my desk and both her and my mother standing over me and just giving me the third degree, just, you know, telling me how it really, that kind of stuff that almost seems like an after school special, you'll never amount to anything that right. like that phrase specifically, um, you're not going to make it in the world at the time. I really wanted to be an astronomer when I grew up. That's what I wanted to be. And she was like, you'll never, you'll never be an astronomer. You can't do something like that if you're going to be this messy. Not with that messy desk. You need here. to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. You're stomping out the dreams right there in the third totally. grade. Oh man. And, and I'm convinced. I mean, I've, I've done enough, you know, I've done enough uh, work on myself that I, I do understand that that particular incident has a lot to do with the fact that I still struggle with being messy and disorganized and, you know, that sort of thing. Like I haven't quite worked all the way through that yet. Yeah. So, but it's, you know, I think, I think people really underestimate, you know, um, what that's like for a third grader Yeah. sitting. Cause you have to, you know, if you, if you put this picture, I mean, here's a kid, you know, sitting in the desk, the feet swinging off the chair. Don't yet reach the floor all the way. Cause now they've moved into the big desk yeah. and their feet swinging. That's and, a good point. And they're looking up the nostrils of these giant mm -hmm. people Yes. that, I mean, can you imagine? Cause here you are. At, oh, at, I can. This, this, <laughs> this would be like in your world right now, like an eight foot tall monster, two of mm -hmm. them on either side of you, 
you know, and you're in this giant. And it's just the finger pointing yeah. and like the, the furrowed brow and just anger spewing from not even one, but two, the two most influential, influential people in your life. Yeah. 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 And the whole time knowing I'll be out of here in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. Yeah. He's there in Mississippi. I'll be yeah. gone. <laughs> Settle down, mama. Yeah. And then and then um and then you mentioned there might be another one. Is there one that comes to mind that that also was more of a negative um I think you said there's a couple I think called monsters. Um Yeah, there was there I I got spanked when I was in first grade by an educator. Yeah, by well, it was Louisiana, you right, know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This was Louisiana. Um, I I got I got in trouble for for pushing someone when we were playing tag, although we were playing tag. You right. know, it's just it's I didn't I didn't hurt anyone, but full contact, baby. Yeah, that person wanted to get me in trouble, so I got spanked in front of the class. Really? in front of the class and i just you know it was so shaming it was terribly shaming um but again i you know we didn't stick around for very long so (laughs) right yeah and um and you know it's that still goes on in small towns oh yeah even you know when i was in high school I, i went to a school in leeton alabama where i i can remember it really blowing my mind i was in 10th grade um, I got spanked there once too. I got wrapped across the knuckles in tenth grade. In tenth grade, but that—I mean—that was that was bad enough. But I—I I saw. Um, what year was this? This was ninety-one. Mm. Mm-hmm. But to walk out into the hallway and see, <laughs> and see these like, like this little old English teacher spanking this football player who's like a grown. <laughs> And he's like 18 years old and she's paddling. Uh, Not that anyone should be paddled ever. Right. right? I mean, it's, I mean, it's just as disconcerting if it's a small child, but just to, just to give some, some context of like just how the the backward mentality of of that particular place. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, every angle of the social dynamic of that situation is mind boggling where like from the schools that I taught in more of an urban environment, like, (laughs) I can't even imagine, mm-hmm. you know, telling some kid I'm about, I'm about to pout. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lawrence, come here. <laughs> Let me get my jacket. <laughs> right. I don't think it's going to go down with Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. But, um, you know, and that stuff, it's still, it's still you know. Um, in fact, a, a, a friend of mine who recently uh, was hired as a football coach, a head football coach at a small town. And, um, and he's a young guy and, uh, we were were emailing back and forth and he's, he found out once he moved to this town, you know, first day of school this year, um, they, they, they sent him a couple kids from the elementary school and with notes about, you know, like, like discipline referral notes. And he's a football coach at the high school and you know, it's it's a small town, so it's on the same campus. Very easy, like, you know, hang on guys and calls down to the, you know, elementary. Hey, what's, I got these kids here. They have discipline referrals. Yeah. They're, 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 they're there to get you know, spanked, spanked. He's wow. like, what? <laughs> like said, that yeah, was that's... not in my job description. <laughs> no, Nowhere does it say that in my contract. And everybody just kind of assumed, Hey, you're the football coach. That's what's going to go down. And Cause he, that's what football coaches do. And, and he was like, bro, there's just no way I'm beating children. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> Deal breaker. <laughs> right. And uh, but they they found they found another uh, candidate right away that who's who was willing to step up and uh, beat the kids. Wow. Yeah. No. And uh, yeah, man, it's just it's just a mind blower. And uh, anyway, all right. So you're so you're moving around and um, you are having some positive teachers and some. But isn't it interesting whether um, you know, like I mean, like I always say, the impact is huge and it lasts forever. Whether it's positive or negative, yes, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, either way, and mediocre is completely unmemorable. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I, and I also think it's fascinating how you can relive and to watch you talk about it, and you know, because I can see how your eyes go up and you and you're picturing these people standing above you. Mm-hmm. And like it's in a movie, like you're you can picture it's still happening, sure. just just like it happened yesterday. Yep, still in there. It's there. Yeah, and I think I think as educators, we we because you know what you know what it is. It's such an emotionally driven thing where you know and and for you know because we we love these kids and we want so much for them, and then we're caught up in that you know you know the classroom and um, you know it's I think sometimes we forget that these kids are going to remember the, these words. That slip out, yeah. Forever, they, they they will, and especially if it's if it's if it's timed just right, yeah. You know, or just wrong, right? Now, I'm uh, I'm 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 interested. How for um for you because you've seen a lot of teachers. I have thirty schools, mm-hmm. good ones, bad ones, mm-hmm. and so how has this set you up as a parent? Because you have kids, you have three kids in school. I do. And so in your work with them and their teachers, how, how is that for you now? Um, it's kind of interesting. I, I have a, I I feel like I have a pretty high standard for what I want for my kids. Um, I definitely want something completely different than my experience and, and they've had that and will continue to have that. Uh, they've been at a Montessori school um, that goes all the way through junior high Mm -hmm. since, well, for the last seven years. And I just recently had an experience with my youngest who, who's 10. Um, he was with a teacher who I actually really care for very dearly as a friend, but her teaching style was not matching his learning style. He was really struggling severely in her class and it was translating at home to extreme stress like he was literally just hating himself um the 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 stress was so overwhelming for him of getting the work done and getting the work checked off and so on and so on and he just felt so unsuccessful she and i had many meetings we like we definitely tried to to make it work in Montessori, um, children are with the same teacher for first, second, and third grade, which mm-hmm. is lower elementary, and for fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, which is upper elementary, and then for seventh and eighth grade, which is middle school. And he's in upper elementary. So he'd been with her through all of fourth grade, and this is he's in his fifth grade year now. Struggled all through fourth. We had a really challenging time. Um, it looked like it might be better for fifth grade, but it wasn't. And so... I started the process of having him move to a different teacher. And he's now with, with a woman who I think is very much like Miss Betty, Miss mm. Betty White. Um, she's so interested. She so wants to know what their stories are. She wants to make them feel successful. She wants them to be happy and proud 
of their work. And she's been so fantastic about giving me updates on how he's doing. And one of the most interesting things that I think she has said, she's so excited to be positive and to teach these children how to be positive um, and to understand that being successful doesn't have to mean that you're stressed out. And she's, she tries to impart that to them. And she's told me repeatedly that that is his biggest struggle. He's doing extremely well in her classroom, a complete, just total 180. But he thinks that he needs to be stressed out. And so he he still thinks that he's unsuccessful because it, it's too easy. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, um, so we've had to prove to him that he's doing enough work, that he's doing the right work, that it's, that it's coming along. Um, but all that is to say that, yes, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested enough in their education that if I feel like they're not in the right environment, I'm going to make sure that they get moved to the correct environment. We call that conscious parenting. We do. Yeah. Yes, we do. And so we, uh, and so now this is interesting. We, you have the, the, his first teacher, you said you're friends with her mm-hmm. and, um, and is it, would, would you say that, that for lots of kids, she might be a great teacher? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, and she is, she is a great teacher for lots of kids, but you know, that's, I mean, that's one of the, you know, in my opinion, that's one of the, the failures of our, our public education system is the idea that this one teaching method is what's right for all children. Right. And it's not, you right. know, it's just not. No. Um, there are so many different ways to learn and so many different ways to teach. Sure. And I'm, you know, she was, I should say, she was also my daughter's upper elementary teacher. That she do. Great. Great. I mean, she struggled through fourth grade a little bit, but... Um, fifth, fifth and sixth grade were great for her and she was an awesome teacher for my daughter, but not for my youngest son. Right. So, so here, so here's an interesting question that, um, that, uh, I want to, uh, hear from you is when your, uh, son moved to, uh, the new Miss Betty White's class, Nuevo mm-hmm. Betty White. <laughs> She and um, do you think that it was a match between her teaching style and his learning style, or maybe it was the fact that she's just so genuinely interested, authentically interested in him that maybe like the learning style and teaching style almost doesn't matter at that point because there's that connection? I you, think that's complete. I mean, that's valid and completely yeah. possible um, because she seems to have the same effect on all of her students. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't I haven't yet heard of someone wanting their child moved out of her classroom. She just she's you know I mean she's magical to loves me. Loves them. Loves yeah. the kids. She loves kids. I think yeah. it helps that she's kind of tiny and she's very like she's a lot of energy. She's uh-huh. kind of a kid herself. Yeah. Right. So of course it helps. Yeah. Kidding me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so well th- so that's so so that's great news, right? For your son. So he, f- he kind of found his home. Yeah. Has a great teacher, and he'll be uh, with the new Miss Betty White for next year, I guess. Yeah, for another year. For another year. And then it starts again. And you're right. You know, this whole model of of education that we have. I mean, first of all, the idea that you know you get. I mean, here comes 32 kids in for a teacher's class, and these are your kids. 
and and hopefully that's a good match. And but but the odds really of thirty two kids, you know, <laughs> all being a good match with that teacher and that teacher for that kid. Yeah. So as an educator, we got to find ways to to teach all these thirty two kids all different personalities, different learning styles. And so there's that one common thing that we all can do, and is just love them no matter what. I think you know, you're very right. And accept them every day, exactly who they are, every day, and 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 that genuine interest every day for Be that kid. Interested. And um and that and that overcomes so mm-hmm. so much. But but you're right when it when it comes down to it, you know. And I think that's good advice for parents if it's just not working. I mean, it's time find to something have, that will. It's time to have a meeting at the school. Mm-hmm. And then and then or and, a long series of meetings, which is what right. the process was. Right. But you know, that's because you did it the appropriate yeah. way. My 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 advice is you go into the front office, you just start screaming and cussing <laughs> and throwing and things, cussing and <laughs> screaming and throwing and kicking stuff, and they and they'll and they'll, and they're going to move your kid. They're yeah. going to do all kind of things for you. So uh, well, good. So so everything's happening there, and then so your kids, you have uh, you have a kid going into high school soon. Yeah, my daughter is fourteen. She'll be in ninth grade next year, mm-hmm. and then my my middle son is thirteen. He'll be in eighth. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. And then my youngest is 10. He'll be in sixth. All right. And so here in Houston, we have a number of ways that a kid can go to high school. Yeah. It's so, it's so weird. Talk because... to me because I haven't researched this. <laughs> so you, so there's, well, when they I was can go kid, wherever they want almost. Pretty much. When I was a kid and it was time to go to high school, you just, you just went to high school. Because it was that one right it there. Was, it's that one. <laughs> it's right the one by your closest house. to your house. Yeah. That's the high school you go to. But um, here in, in Houston and, and other big metropolitan cities, you have magnet schools. Mm-hmm. So it's really like a, it's great practice for applying for college. You apply to these different schools. Um, my daughter has been doing, she's been involved in musical theater her whole life. Uh-huh. Most of her life, I should say. Um, so she has, she's applied to the high school for performing and visual arts um, as well as Carnegie Vanguard and the Houston Academy for International Studies. So she she has these different options, and they're all fantastic schools. Um, HSPVA has a they have an audition system, and you have to you can choose two focuses to audition for. Um, you go in, you audition, you hope that you get a call back. You go in, you audition again, right. and then maybe you'll get chosen. So, and in that process, and which, by the way, the HSPVA, the High School for the Performing and Visual Arts, not very few people know, the uh, football team is undefeated, never has lost a game. I had no idea. Yeah, see that? I did know that's where your wife went to school. Right, well, they don't have a football team, that's why they're undefeated. (laughs) And then, um, so, uh, so they have, um, they have a huge cheerleading squad. (laughs) (laughs) And the dance team, unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) The band, amazing. There's just no football team. <laughs> and um, so, um, it's the kind of football game I like anyway. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, so for that situation, I'm I'm interested to know: Have you discovered that they're they're looking for a variety of kids, or are they just ranking them on skill level and ability to play their bassoon or whatever they're going? They're they you know, and they're just taking the best three kids, or are they trying to get a mix of different kids from different populations? Well, we're we're in the middle of that process right now. Yeah. So I don't feel like I can adequately answer that question um my daughter has had her theater audition and a dance audition she just got a call back for the theater audition um and i just you know i have to brag for a moment out of 500 theater applicants um 80 were chosen for a call back and she's one of them yeah. and she'll from there they'll narrow it down to about 40 um so you know 
it's hard to say. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're looking specifically for kids who are, you know, more wet behind the ears and, and have lots of potential, or if they want someone who's incredibly skilled and incredibly talented. I've heard that they want a mix, that, right. they, that they really want kids who are just genuinely excited to be there, um, but that have also been doing what their focus is for a little while. Yeah. It's an amazing place. That's, Ridiculous talent. I, you know, we have, there's some, uh, there are some really interesting people that come out of there. All of the people yep. that I know that graduated from HSPVA are doing amazing things. With amazing their lives. things, all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it, you know, we, um, you know, my wife went there, and um, we, uh, uh, a friend of ours that we're going to have on the show, his name is Jay Alexander. He went there. He's a, he's a famous uh, magician, ah. and he was there. And um, we, the bridge in front of my house, was welded by an artist from there who just graduated a couple years ago. Nice. Yeah. And um, it's just it's just an amazing place. And also at a recent uh, a dinner event, there had musicians, kid playing piano, a little jazz trio, but just insane talent. Mm-hmm. Like you would, like if you close your eyes, you knew there was like 70 year old dudes, but you open your eyes and they're, you know, 16. Sure. And I know that there was just a, a, a Grammy winner who went to HSPVA and I, I wish I could remember his name, but... Uh-huh. I saw it flash on Facebook the other day. Right. The uh, founder of WordPress. I, I knew that. Yes, I remember Ridiculous. reading that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little, a little something he's got going on. And it's a public school. Yeah, really? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a publicly funded school. Right. Which is great. Yeah. And we, we have some other magnet programs and, uh, and, and schools of focus. We have the, uh, my favorite is the uh, law enforcement. Uh, is that your favorite? How? <laughs> I just, I don't know. <laughs> How's their football team? I, I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's a little funny, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and there's some other ones and, uh, well, there's that Houston Academy for international studies, I think is so remarkable because so smart. you, you get to, Go to HCC while you're there, which the school pays for. You can graduate with an associate's degree and you have the option to spend your senior year in a foreign country um, if you have the grade point average for that privilege. I just think what an opportunity. It's incredible. All right. Let's um, let's let's talk about you as a teacher. Because you have a little thing that you do called uh, parkour, and you are with a group called Urban Movement, which mm-hmm. is your nonprofit that you mentioned earlier. It is. Although I should mention, we recently made the decision to go for profit. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm all for profit. And, yeah, I uh, feel like we can do more for the compute for the community as a as a for profit. I totally agree. And because you know, as a nonprofit, you're there's there's you're some relying. limiting factors, and you have a board, and there's a lot of decision makers, and there's a lot of red tape. And as a for profit, so much more flexibility. Yeah, it's true. Well, and 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 more importantly, I think that as a nonprofit, we are spending more time relying on the community. And as a for-profit, we can actually do more. Agree, yeah. Yeah. And so you, uh, now there's a lot of people that have no idea, they have no clue, and they're going to have to, they they wouldn't even know how to spell parkour. (laughs) P-A-R-K-O-U-R. And so how would you, how would you describe this? Uh, Okay. Um, Parkour is, um, the idea of parkour is that you can move over any obstacle that's in your path with um, as little resistance and as efficiently as you possibly can. So it involves a lot of running, climbing, vaulting, jumping, um, 
rolling, balancing. Uh, we joke frequently that although maybe it's not totally a joke, we're, we're preparing for the zombie apocalypse. This is ninja know? training right here. Total ninja training. Yep. Right. And so, and so my son is all about parkour. And so he's Your seven. Your son is a beast, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's his thing. He's our, he's one of our prize students. Yeah. He, and so, um, so here's, here's what I want you to know as, as a teacher and as a mentor and someone who feels, you know, facilitates groups of kids is when he comes home, he talks about you and he talks about Cameron and he talks about what you guys say and what you guys do. And so in, in you guys have been such a, um, just a positive, uh, reassuring influence in his life. I love hearing that. Yeah, and, and that's what we're going for. Yeah, and 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 I and although you know, I mean, it, it is about all those things that you mentioned. Also, what it is, it's about um, you know helping these kids develop you know, those qualities of character, of courage, and and there's a lot of trust involved in um, taking risks, calculated, disciplined risk, yeah. and um, and 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 setting goals, preparing to reach those goals. For me, as a parent, that's kind of what I see the role of parkour in in my son but besides that he's ridiculous strong and, and sure and i mean there's you flexibility know flexibility and all that the we physical intentionally parts put a it's almost a martial art sort of quality to it we call it the yamak spirit you know we have a certain code that we live by that we teach by and that we impart to our students and it has everything to do with integrity it has everything to do with um you know respecting your body where it is um, respecting the fear that you might have, uh, understanding that it's there for a reason, um, doing things safely, um, helping, helping your fellow student is huge in our class, being supportive. Um, we don't do, we don't take unnecessary risks, but we do encourage people to, our students to do their best and, and, Take very measured risks. Understand what you're getting into before you go for it and know that it's safe. Yeah. And here we're just, ha- we, you know, we just happen to be talking about parkour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just happen to be. But these are these rules or these, um, these ideas are applicable in life. Yeah. That's, that's why I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, now it makes sense. You know, he's, he's seven. And so all, and so the physical part of it makes sense. But it's, the, but the, but these are the qualities that I'm hoping. I don't mess up and somehow parent out of him, <laughs> you know, <laughs> by worrying too much or whatever, but he'll, he'll, you know, have these and take them with him for the rest of his life. And so, and so what, so what you guys are doing, you know, I just hope you guys don't um, underestimate the value that you're bringing to the lives of all of those kids of, of all levels. Well, we definitely um, love hearing that. And it just, it just motivates us that much more to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, because you know some teachers have the traditional classroom with four walls and a door with a skinny window on it with chicken wire in it, mm-hmm. and desks and rows and columns and alphabetical order of kids. And other people have a different kind of classroom, like you. But regardless, you're still a teacher and you're still working the kids. And just like you had those educators that you can remember, positive or negative, it's still in there. It's the same goes for you and Cameron and Wes and the rest of those cats over there doing the parkour thing. Those kids are going to remember that. Forever. That's great to hear. And, you know, we we strive to give them really good memories and and um, and moments that they can take away and be be proud of and look back on. Yeah. Well, good.
All right, here's the final thing. We have uh, some teachers that I have talked to, and um, they have asked if if there was any way that they could uh, work with you possibly um, at a distance. Some distance learning, we call that in education sure. business. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, some because some people might want a session or two on where to start, how to get started, you know, you know, you know, a, maybe a nutritional plan or program or just some, you know, get and and and, and the reason I, I mean, at this point in my life, I, I, I you know, I kind of know what to do, you know, in terms of my exercise and my nutrition and all that, but I still go visit Keith every few sure. months because I like to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important role as well. So, can is it possible for teachers around the nation to uh, get in contact with you and, and and you can work with them online and on the oh, phone? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I would love to to talk with anyone who's interested in that sort of thing. Um, I've I've done that before. Um, you can email me at mandy at mod m o d your y o u r body dot com mod your body mod your body I love that dot com mod your body. So it's uh, Mandy. Mandy with a Y. Mandy with a Y. Mm-hmm. You should say that every time. Mandy with a Y. <laughs> Mandy with a Y. <laughs> yeah. Mandy, Mandy with a Y at modyourbody.com. Mm-hmm. And also they can friend you up on Facebook. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. You can find you on Mandy Trichel mm-hmm. on Facebook. T-R-I-C-H-E-L-L. You got it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for being in today. Thanks for having me, Hal. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, you're great. I appreciate all that you do. And uh, and hey, so we'll have some questions and people are going to, um, is what happens after these. People email me and they, hey, how can we ask this? Or what about that? And so in the future, would you be interested in coming back on? Sure, absolutely. Anytime. Awesome. Yeah, and then and then what we'll do is I'll I'll like compile those questions and we'll, and we'll get specific. Do a little Q and A. Yeah, about nutrition and health and exercise. Sure, that and sounds all that. great. So, awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks, Hal. You rock, man. Yeah. Give it up, rock. Talk. Up there. Uh-huh.